Hello and welcome to this edition of the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Hilton Garden in Hoover, Alabama. And this is my first real trip of 2019. I, I took a quick overnight last week down to Miami. This is my first time this year actually getting on an airplane and uh, flying back in on Friday when the TSA agents will be missing their first paycheck. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, a bunch of them call out with uh, blue flu or what they do, what they end up doing. And so this is going to be the 2018 travel year in review. And I do this every year. I just, I'm a numbers guy, but not a, an accountant numbers guy. I like to, uh, I like to keep track and tally of things. And so 2018 was a completely crazy travel year, uh, between work, vacations and family things going on. I spent 248 nights in a bed other than my own. And I've never done that in all the years of traveling. And breaking it down, work travel was pretty much the same. There wasn't a, a whole heck of a lot of changes in it. Um, but we took three major vacations this year and combined that with a lot of long weekends. I'm very fortunate that my company tends to give us a couple of days off in July for July 4th. And so we coupled that and, and made a, a few long weekends. And then probably the biggest uh, number of that besides business travel comes from uh, a lot of family going on this year, so I was finding myself coming back into town on Friday and then either getting in a car or heading back to the airport to to do some things with uh, families and then coming back in on Sunday with just enough time to pack, uh, wash some clothes, and then head back out on Monday. So according to TripIt, I took 51 trips this year and roughly 75,000 miles, uh, which equates to about 240 nights in hotels, with Hilton still getting the bulk of it. Uh, I still think Hilton has one of the best travel point programs out there. Uh, and they offer a, a pretty good array of hotel offerings and chains. I had 61 flights. Uh, Southwest got the most of those, and then I split a few across uh, United, American, and Delta. 16 rental cars 71 different cities. And then right at about 28,000 miles on my personal vehicle, and to compare that to uh, 2017, it was 171 nights in hotels, 47 flights, 11 rental cars, 59 cities, and then roughly 22,000 miles on my personal car. So again, the bulk of the the bulk of the extra nights came from uh, a couple really nice long vacations, and then uh, doing some family support stuff. And I guess this this podcast is gonna gonna focus a little bit on numbers. Listen, all road warriors keep score, and don't let anybody tell you any differently. I'll actually put a clip from uh, one of my favorite movies, Up in the Air, where uh, George Clooney talks about his number. And I actually have two numbers. Uh, one of them is a thousand, and the other is six hundred. And so right now I'm about sixty nights short of a thousand nights with Hilton Properties. And roughly 40 nights short of uh, 600 nights at Marriott Properties. And both of those numbers combined with uh, 10 years of, of hotel membership guarantees me lifetime platinum and lifetime gold status, respectively. I have no idea what those entitle me to, uh, but it satisfies a number. I do know that one thing is that with Hilton, they actually send you a metal 
membership card. And so one of the guys I travel with has one of those. And every time we check in, he drops it on the granite countertop and it, it dings and makes noise. And I guess it kind of gives him a, a sense of accomplishment. Now, in all my years of travel, I've never been a point chaser. And I don't go, I pick one or two brands and stick to it. And I do the same thing with credit cards. You know, for years and years, I was strictly an American Express guy. It made my expense reports very easy and very simple simple to do. Uh, last year, I did take on, I downgraded my American Express card to a green card. Uh, and then actually acquired the Southwest Rapid Rewards card. And like I've said before, the only reason for getting that card, for anybody to get that card, is that two things is one that you're going to pay your bill off every day every month because it it carries a crazy interest rate and the other is that once you hit that point threshold you can pick a companion in my case my wife uh, that flies free with you every time you do whether you're using points or dollars uh, for the remainder of the year that you get it in and all of the following year so we got this and i got this in like june so roughly my wife flies for free all the way until December of this year, 2019. And right now, between points and companion pass, I want to say since June of 20, 2018, we've probably saved about $4,000 in travel. So like I said, the only reason to get that card is for the companion pass. The points are, uh, you know, marginal uh, beyond that. That I think they give you two dollars or a dollar for every Southwest dollar spent with uh, with airfare, but the interest rate is out of this world. Again, um, you know that that companion pass can save you a ton of money. So in December, I decided to, to grab a third card, and, and this year I focused on the Hilton Honors American Express Ascend card. Yes, an, another American Express card, but the reason is it's a ninety-five dollar annual fee which is pretty standard, but I get 12 points for every dollar spent at a Hilton property, you know, and that's huge. I mean, I'm spending probably 140 nights plus a year in Hilton properties, you know, do the math. The rooms are maybe, you know, a hundred bucks on average, maybe 125. You know, you start multiplying that by, you know, 12 points. It adds up quick. I get six points for every dollar I spend at restaurants, uh, supermarkets and gas stations. And like I said, you know, last year we had two kids in college and we were, we were putting college tuition on the, uh, the Southwest card just to get the points and, and hit that threshold with it. Now there were a couple other benefits I didn't realize with the Ascend card. One of them is I get 10 free visits to priority pass lounges when I travel. So that's worth about 300 bucks. You know, American Express gave you two or three hundred dollars worth of Uber credits. I, you know, the Orlando, I'm flying on Southwest. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time in priority pass lounges, but, you know, for some of the trips out to Vegas, uh, catching a red eye and you've got three or four hours to kill or even Atlanta, it's nice to be over to go in there and sit down and, uh, and relax and, you know, get something to eat, get something to drink and, and some decent, uh, Wi-Fi. They also offer access to the Hilton Honors auction site which will allow me to redeem my Hilton points on exclusive artist experiences and, and concerts uh, coupled with Live Nation. They offer racing experiences with McLaren and Honda with it. So that's kind of a neat perk. And, of course, they do offer you a 150,000-point uh, kick-in after spending $3,000 in the first three months of activating the card, You know, which equals you know, close to five, maybe even six nights at some of the, uh, the lesser-branded like Hilton property or Hampton properties. 
you know, and that's a bonus. I mean, that could be a week's worth of, of travel or, you know, give somebody a, a couple free nights uh, certificate that they can use. So my 2018 travel highlights, two of the family trips really stood out. The first was Nashville, and this was three days of nonstop touristy, touristy stuff. You know, we managed to take in all the sites. We stayed again at the Hilton Garden Inn right in the middle of downtown Nashville, which made it incredibly easy to get around. You know, we spent the better part of uh, one day at the Country Music Hall of Fame. I'm not a huge country music fan, but, you know, it really held my interest. I mean, you could really see the hit, the history of, of country music. They had some great uh, displays. They had uh, Smoking the Bandits Trans Am there. They had a Faith Hill and Tim McGraw display. And then, of course, Don't Miss the Grand Old Opry. You know, the unfortunate thing is it's a roll of the dice as to who you're going to see. They don't really publish a schedule weeks or months in advance, but you will be entertained. That night we saw uh, Chris Jansen get inducted into the country, into the Grand Old Opry, and Garth Brooks actually came out on stage to do it, so that was kind of a, a neat surprise. And this trip, <laughs> this trip we actually, the original plan was to use nothing but Lyft and Uber. You know, I didn't want to have to pay, you know, 20 or 30 bucks to park at the hotel, and, you know, it just didn't make sense to us. Well, that plan went sideways on us when we were over at the uh, at the Country Music Hall of Fame. We went over to the outlet mall and stumbled across a uh, moonshine store, not some guy selling it out of the back of his pickup, but uh, an actual legal moonshine store. So we wanted to bring a couple bottles back home, and lo and behold, when we got over to the Grand Ole Opry, we found out that you could not bring any kind of liquid in. They didn't offer any kind of uh, a locker or storage system with it. So if you've never been to the Grand Old Opry, it's actually kind of attached to the uh, one of the Gaylord properties. And uh, it's a fan. I actually did an event uh, later on in September at the Gaylord. And it's a great hotel. I've done events at the one in Orlando and the one in Texas and Dallas. It's a, a phenomenal property. Well, it turns out they actually had a Hertz rental car booth there. So I'm like, no big deal. We'll just rent a car, you know, with points and throw the bottles in there and just, you know, we'll take the car and, and use it for the remaining two or three days of the trip. And come to find out that that location only took cash. They didn't, they didn't honor Hertz points. So uh, those two bottles of moonshine cost me about 150 bucks. But, you know, it was nice to have the car. I mean, we were actually able to go out and explore a little bit outside of the city uh, on the remaining day of, a, of the, the adventure. So it, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I ended up returning back to Nashville later on in the, the year, the early part of September. Stayed at the Gaylord for a software conference. And again, it was a, an amazing few days. It's a friendly, friendly town. You know, from everything from the Wild Horse Saloon that they used to see on TV to they have a George Jones Museum. Uh, of course, they've got the original Ryman Auditorium. It still holds uh, concerts and performances. So if you ever get a chance, definitely spend a day or two in Nashville. You won't be disappointed. The second best trip of the year was a 500-mile road trip through Virginia. You know, the plan was to land in Virginia and to Richmond, and I had booked hotel rooms kind of a, strategically across the state, first heading out west and then up north a little bit, coming back down through uh, east or southeast and then back out of Richmond uh, four or five days later. So after landing to Richmond, we headed west and we ended up finding ourselves in Charlottesville, where we spent the afternoon touring uh, Thomas Jefferson's Monticello. Monticello, and uh, what a place! Um, it's amazing to see history preserved like that, and to see the the inner workings of somebody like Jefferson and his attention to detail and to design 
from how the house was placed to take the best advantage of the sunrise and the sunset to just, you know, little intricacies. We had a, the, the tour guide was an ex or retired history teacher and she, uh, she fit the role perfectly. I mean, this, this woman, you could just hear the passion in her voice. Uh, but it was a great afternoon. And that night we ended up at a kind of a college bar, uh, having dinner. Next morning we kind of woke up and, and walked around the city kind of taking in the history. You know, this is where they had the riots the previous year. So, uh, it was interesting to see some of the sites that we had seen on TV and some of the statues that, that were now wrapped kind of not in police tape, but kind of wrapped in a construction netting to keep people from, from getting on them. So after that early, early morning adventure, we decided to hit the Virginia wine beer trail. And our first stop was the Trump winery. And by 1030 in the morning, we were sampling wine. Now don't judge, you know, not about who owns the winery, but, uh, about our, uh, taking to day drinking, you know, surprisingly Trump winery was reasonably priced. I think the tasting was less than 10 bucks. You know, we each got a glass of course, emblazed with the, the Trump logo or emblem on it. You know, after we left there, we drove down the road and stopped in it. Dave Matthews has a winery, Blenheim. And I'm a huge Dave Matthews fanboy. I've seen him in concert a few times. Uh, and you can really see Dave's artistic touch. He helped design the building. You can see his his touch uh, in the, the wine labels and in the T-shirts. Uh, and the wines weren't bad. I was surprised. You know, I thought it was kind of going to be kind of a hack vineyard, um, but it wasn't. And fortunately, both of those had the ability to ship wine back to Florida. Because there was no way I was going to carry half a case of wine back on on a plane, or check half a case of wine. Uh, so they were both able to to ship wine, which was nice. Now everybody knows that I'm a beer snob nerd. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but our next stop was Devil's Backbone Base Camp, and you can find Devil's Backbone beer at some of the Publixes throughout Orlando. Definitely, you can find it a lot in Georgia. Devil's Backbone is located right on the edge of the Appalachian Trail. It's a beautiful setting. They've got RV hookups. I mean, it's a destination place. A lot of the uh, Appalachian Trail hikers come through there, and it's known for having a lot of what they call trail magic. And for anybody that's ever done any hiking, uh, you know, going through the woods, you may find a cooler with water and some Twinkies or some Pop-Tarts in it, and that's called trail magic. So a lot of the people that come to uh, Devil's Backbone actually go out and, and alongside the trail and, and leave a couple jugs of water or some treats for the, the hikers. They call it a trail magic. So what was cool about um, base camp was that, again, we're talking about numbers here, is I drank my 999th unique beer there. And so as I was telling the guy about, you know, hey, this is number 999, I want to leave here with a crowler, which is like a 22 or 24-ounce can of beer, and have my celebratory 1,000th beer uh, up on the uh, Shenandoah Valley. So he ended up giving me a crowler of their Imperial IPA. Uh, later I drank it up in the, the Shenandoah uh, along the parkway up there and just really capped off a beautiful evening. So after leaving base camp, we headed over to Staunton. And I think the only reason we had picked Staunton was that it was kind of halfway between Charlottesville and Luray, and we just didn't know what we were going to get into and just weren't really looking forward to a two-hour drive anyplace. So this was kind of halfway and rolled into town late afternoon, you know, probably 2 or 3 o'clock, and discovered that there's a Woodrow Wilson Presidential Library there. Who knew? <laughs> my One of my wife's bucket lists is to visit as many of the 
presidential libraries as she can. So this, this totally played into it. And what was interesting that this was one of the few libraries that really isn't managed by the National Park Service. It's all supported on private donations. It's not a huge facility. It was his home that, you know, they had converted into, uh, into a museum, kind of a self-guided tour. There wasn't anybody, uh, doing it, um, you know, holding the tour or directing us, but, you know, a good way to kind of spend the afternoon. And so from there, we ended up actually heading over into the Shenandoah National Park to a, what they called Skyland Lodge. Skyland Lodge reminded me of uh, the 1970s. At that time in my life, I was living in California. I was, I don't know, six, seven years old. And my parents took a road trip throughout Yosemite in the state of uh, California. And this place just reminded me of the lodges that we stayed at. I mean, it's the good old wood paneling. I think they finally had some flat screen TVs. But, you know, you're up there. There's a restaurant. There's nothing to do other than, you know, to do some hiking or, or watch the uh, the sunset out over the valley. But just a really peaceful, relaxing. Um, it was a great place. It was a, a phenomenal evening. We had kind of like a little two-room cabin right looking over the the valley next morning we woke up and spent some time on the Appalachian Trail that's one of my bucket list items is to through hike and if I could only find time and couple that with winning the lottery I'll be able to, to pull it off but we did spend some time it's the first time I've hiked any of the trail in Virginia and from there we headed over to Luray and the touristy afternoon we spent at the Luray Caverns um, caverns are cool you know stalactites stalagmites the tour was very entertaining and informative. You know, they led us through this these cathedral-sized rooms that, you know, 10-story high. They had an organ that was kind of piping or bouncing music off the stalactites. And as with all great tourist traps, it was one of those where please leave through the gift shop. And uh, we did. And they had probably everything that you could stamp Luray Cavern on, from shot glasses to thimbles to uh, keychains tended to have it all but you know well worth it i mean we spent probably two or three hours there leaving the caverns we were heading down to towards ashland virginia and on the way we stumbled across this place called cooter's place yep that cooter from dukes of hazard he, apparently he's left the garage and moved on to a emporium of uh dukes of hazard themed t-shirts license plates models games koozies you name it um they have it they actually have a uh, room with probably four or five cars. They had a General Lee. They had Daisy Duke's Jeep or a replica. I don't know. It looked the same to me. Of course, Cooter's Pickup. They had a big comfy sofa where they just ran on a loop. Dukes of Hazard episodes. And apparently Ben Jones tends to come in there from time to time and, and kind of hold court. It was free, the entrance. And I guess they, they more than make up for it with what the stuff that people were buying. Of course, I left there with a, with a t-shirt, man. I'm a child of the eighties. I can remember spending, uh, Friday nights watching the, uh, General Lee. And as I got a little bit older, spending the time watching Daisy Duke. So that night we spent heading down to Ashland, Virginia, spent the night. And I've been to Ashland probably a dozen times over the years. And we found, uh, a small little antique store called Hickory Creek Antiques, and it was run by a game guy named Roscoe, and he was a character. I mean, he had fresh hot coffee and fresh cookies that he offered us. You know, we stumble into a lot of these kind of antique shops as we travel. You know, we're always looking for something. I've got a two sets of this, those industrial pipe shelves in my office, so I'm always looking for, for stuff to display on them from our travels. 
And one of the, the travel hacks that we, we've discovered over the years is that bringing a lot of that stuff back is a pain. You know, you're either going to take an extra suitcase. I mean, it's just, you know, it's not fun. And so what we found was the United States Post Office offers a one-price shipping. They include the box, and it's probably, you know, a 20-inch by 20-inch box for 20 bucks. So, you know, a lot of these trips where we're flying, you know, the last night or the, the morning of uh, the flight, we'll go run by the post office, grab a free box, put our address on it, slip them a $20 bill, and that box is back home, you know, probably a day or so after we are. So there's a, a little travel tip you can throw in your uh, in your travel wallet. So the next morning from Ashland, we headed down to uh, the historic triangle, Williamsburg, Yorktown, and Jamestown. Last time I was there was probably 72. We lived in uh, Maryland for a while, and so with so much history there, we were always doing something. You know, parents were always taking us someplace. And the one thing I remember was the... Uh, the Jamestown Glass House, and so that's still in business, and they were in there blowing glass. We left with a really cool pineapple that they had just started this year, uh, blowing, hand-blowing. Got a paperweight. My dad bought a paperweight in the in the 70s. I bought one um, this year, so I need to get with him and try to find his and see how much they've changed, you know, over the, the last 40 years or so. You know, we did the uh, Yorktown Battlefield. They offer a self-paced driving tour. So you throw a CD in, and it kind of runs you through about an hour of stop by stop. And it, it was a great time. Honestly, we probably could have spent another day there. We just didn't plan that one out that well. But there's so much to experience. There's so much history. I know we missed a bunch. It was a fun, you know, less than 24 hours there. And then the next morning, woke up, headed back into Richmond, and, and took a quick flight home. Now, as far as the best business trip this year... It was three days that I spent in Philly just last month. And, and I haven't been to Philly since, again, I was seven or eight. We were living in Virginia. You know, parents were big on the history thing. You know, took us to see Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell. Um, just as a side note, the Liberty Bell is still cracked. You would have think by, thought by now that somebody would have figured out, you know, some way to fix it. You know what? No road warrior likes flying out on a Sunday. But I had to. I had to be in Philly first thing Monday morning, so I had no choice. And so I decided I'm going to make the best of it. I picked a flight that got me into Philly, you know, well before noon. I knew that by the time I got into town, into the hotel, it would give me at least five hours to explore as much as I could. And I did. I mean, I spent, you know, Sunday afternoon wandering on foot through the city, Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell. They moved to its own kind of area from where I remember it to be. Ended up in the heart of downtown at the winter at Dilworth Park, which is really cool. They... They bring in a uh, ice skating rink, and they sell, you know, Philly pretzels and fresh-baked sausages and bring in the local artisans that sell their wares. Just a really cool, I mean, this is, you know, the early part of December. All the Christmas lights and all the, the Christmas greenery really started putting me in the mood for Christmas. You know, living in Florida, we don't get a lot of cold days, and it's sometimes it's kind of tough to jumpstart that, uh, that Christmas season feeling, so... Um, that really put me in the in the mood. You know, Monday uh, we ended up making our way into Chinatown for a late late lunch, early dinner, uh, and found a place called Dim Sum Garden. And Dim Sum is cash only, and I'm willing to bet that English is probably their third, maybe even their fourth language. But this was the best pot stickers 
and the best beef and noodles that I have ever eaten. I have no idea what the noodles, I'm sure they were handmade, but they were truly amazing. Uh, they claim that the place is so packed at lunchtime that you're lucky if you can get in and out in under an hour. And the next night, we ended up walking back back across the uh, the tracks over and ended up eating at Nick's Roast Beef Bar and Grill. And two words for Nick's, hardcore Philly. It was this just perfectly cold evening. Our bartender knew the lowdown on everything from politics to sports, and he was willing to share it. He knew every regular that came in there, and by the time that their butt hit the seat, he had a bucket of their beer of choice in front of them ready to go. So, you know, when you come across a guy like that, you might as well ditch the menu and just go, hey, what's good? What do do we need to eat? What what are we going to get the essence of Nick's with? And so he suggested we started off with their grilled wings. And, you know, anytime anybody says wings, my usual usual response is, hey, I'm in. And so these were wings, char-grilled, no sauce, just this amazing flavor from the grilling process. I'm not sure if it was over coals, over wood, chunks. I don't know what, how they cooked it, but they were probably some of the greatest wings I've ever tasted. So next up was he told us to grab a pile of napkins, and he threw down in front of us uh, two sandwiches. Well, one sandwich. Two of two sandwiches, one type, and they were Nick's famous hand carved roast beef, roasted low and slow, horseradish, hot peppers, and au jus. And it was probably one of the tastiest sandwiches I've come across. So far better than any cheesesteak. And you know, in Philly, they just call it a cheesesteak, they don't call it a Philly cheesesteak. So don't make that mistake when you walk into a place and go, I need a Philly cheesesteak. They're going to look at you and just, you know, know that you're a rube. Uh, but I would put this up against any cheesesteak that I've ever eaten, even in Philly. So I can't wait to get back to this place. So from there, we were heading back to the hotel, and we came across the Second Story Brewing. You know, I love I love drinking local. I love local beers. You know, I've talked about it before. I've been down on the west coast of Florida, and they've got some saltwater-infused beers. I mean, it's just amazing what these people are. These, these brewers are like mad scientists. And so we came across Second Story Brewing, and um, with most breweries, my strategy is start with a flight, kind of see what they have to offer, and then hone in on one or two that, you know, I want to finish my evening with. However, since I had already pre-gamed at Nick's, uh, I went right for their Declaration IPA, and uh, I use Untapped to kind of track beers, and, and Untapped gave it less than stellar reviews. And I'll tell you what, I got to agree, uh, I love IPA beers, and this one just, it was missing something. But, you know, I was in Philly, it was named Declaration. I mean, you know, how could you not order a Declaration IPA? We ended up finishing the evening off with beer flights, which the bartender did a better job of selecting beers than we did, for sure. Ended up finishing off the evening with their double IPA, which was just miles above the Declaration IPA. So as far as where to stay, Penn's Landing was base camp. Uh, they offered wonderful service. They had a bus service. They had a car service. Uh, spectacular view of the water. And one of the best concierge lounges around. And I know that's kind of hack to say that. But, I mean, in the mornings it was stuffed with or stocked with just this wonderful Philly sausage. Uh, you know, the type that you cut into and juice is just running down the down the plate. Uh, the afternoons, they stocked it with uh, Philly pretzels and mustard, fresh mustard. Oh, it was just, it was amazing. And this is truly the city of brotherly love. You know, you hear that, 
but there wasn't a person that wasn't willing to help. There wasn't, didn't see a lot of trash on the streets, very clean city, you know, so much so that I think I'm going to take my wife back there uh, sometime this year, probably before it gets way too hot because <laughs> I don't think I want to, that's a very, the way that city is so tight, I don't think they get a, get a lot of breeze coming through there. And it's rare that I come back from any place and look at my wife and go, look, we need to go here. You know, most of, most of our vacations, cause I've been someplace and I know, you know, I know that we can find enough to do, but I came back, I landed that Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I don't remember which, and, you know, and, and told her, I said, look, we need to, we need to spend a few days here. It's a lot of fun. So there you have it. The 2018 travel roundup. Here's to a great 2019 travel safe. Thanks for listening and do yourself a favor. Explore someplace new. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.